Today's guest is Elle Russ. Elle is a best-selling author, TV film writer, and master coach. She is the author of Confident as Fuck, as well as The Paleo Thyroid Solution. She's also the screenwriter of the award-winning documentary Headhunt Revisited. She has been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Success Magazine, Mind Body Green, and hundreds of other media outlets. Elle is also a seasoned podcaster with over seven years of recording, 500 episodes, 20 million downloads, That is insane, you guys. Elle has been coaching clients all around the world for over a decade. She inspires and helps ambitious transformation seekers fearlessly manifest what matters. Today, when you tune in, you're going to hear us talk about several topics, so let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by Your Podcast Production. Have you been wanting to launch your own podcast but not sure where to begin? Is time the only thing holding you back? Maybe you're already recording but need somebody to guide you through the production process. Do you have a message that needs to be heard? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I have just the program for you. Your podcast production designs, coaches, produces, and aligns you and your brand to have a successful, enjoyable, and profitable podcast. After launching my own show, I had so many women reach out to me and ask me how I did it. So what did I do? I created something I wish existed. There are many ways to create and launch a podcast, and you want to make sure you do it right from the very beginning. I believe that keeping it simple, organized, and original is the most effective and efficient way to go. Are you ready to start the process? Are you ready to learn more? Visit yourpodcastproduction.com today. Welcome to Kellyanne Cares, a -a one-of-a-kind show created to motivate, stimulate, educate, and inspire you personally and professionally. Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm an entrepreneur, patient advocate, content creator, and author. You may know me from the Everything is Messy book, brand, and podcast. But what you may not know is how hard I had to work to get me to where I am today. Mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And in this season, I'm more driven and extremely passionate about my purpose. To help you save the time, money, and energy it takes to be happier and get healthier with your mind, body, business, and life. Tune in every week to hear raw, unfiltered conversations from myself and my incredible guests as we discuss trending topics, share stories of resilience, and chat about all things health, wealth, healing, and wellness. Whether you're here to listen, learn, or laugh, I promise to bring awareness and add more value to your day. Take this time to relax and recharge. Listen, life is short. Invest in yourself. Be loud. Be different. Be you. And most importantly, enjoy the ride. Buckle up because today's podcast experience starts now. One more thing. Sharing is caring. I would love your thoughts on today's episode. Head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe. I would truly appreciate it. Want to continue the conversation? Let's connect online. You can find me at kellyangorman.com and all my social links are in the show notes. Now let's get into today's show. Hello, hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode, you guys. I'm so excited for you to hear from my incredible guest, L. Russ. Welcome to the show, L. Hey, how are you? Good to be here. I am good, and I was just recently on your show. Well, we re- we recorded, so I'm so glad to have you on my show and share a lot about your journey. And honestly, it is so crazy to have such a weird, inspiring, motivating, but odd life story to, that got you to where you are today, and then have somebody understand it. So you and I have done a lot of things and have had a lot of paths that has led us to where we are today, which we're grateful for, but was definitely not in the cards. So there's a lot I want to talk to you about today. And 
Not only are you a seasoned podcaster and an entrepreneur, and you're obsessed with the morning routines and manifesting and all of that, just like myself, but we kind of related on a scale of we didn't really have a choice to take the path that we had. So can you explain to the audience what you were doing in corporate America and then what happened to get you to where you are now? Sure. So I, you know, in general, I always thought as a kid, like, I want to grow up and make a ton of money, retire young, like, I'm going to go make some fucking money. You know, I don't care what I have to do. And at the time, I really was interested in law, like, as a kid. And I thought, you know, lawyers can make a lot of money, right? And it seemed like one of those tracks. So I was like, cool, I'll go be a lawyer. You know what I mean? And uh, planned on that the whole time. In fact, while I was in college, almost, like, my collegiate resume was geared towards, like, how good it would look eventually on a law school application and all this kind of stuff. And um, so I, I graduated from college. And... I get like a dumb salary paying job as like a secretary assistant, you know, kind of thing, because I'm thinking I'll just get a dumb job right now to pay me salary and benefits while I'm waiting for the law schools to accept me. And then I'm going to go off to law school. And a wonderful thing happened. I ended up getting a job as the personal assistant to a guy who owned one of the fastest privately held companies in San Francisco during the tech boom. And so maybe I was the seventh person hired. I think by the time I left, there was like, you know, 150 employees or something like that. And so I kept getting promoted like every month. <laughs> like it, it was kind of ridiculous. And so by the time I had only been there a couple of years, I'm 22 years old. I'm making six figures and I'm about to make a quarter of a million a year with my next promotion. I'm managing like a hundred computer consultants throughout California working for fortune 500 companies like a very big job at my own office I'm wearing our money suits and I am like Kelly I'm like oh man I'm fucking set fuck law school fuck law school I'm making more than a starting attorney right now I'm gonna be retired by the time I'm 30 with like 10 homes this is gonna be great <laughs> and so I was really excited about you know wow I got to my goal way sooner than I had thought I got really lucky and then um one day, I had a friend who I asked to help carry this chair from a store a block from my house. Um, it was not heavy, but it was just kind of bulky and awkward. So I was like, oh, hey, I need to grab this chair and bring it home. And we're walking the chair home, and I literally just, uh, my wrists were so weak, I kept having to put the chair down. And at the time, I wasn't, like, so concerned, but I remember being like, this is weird. And then, oof, and then it was just all bets were off after that very quickly both of my hands and arms became extremely inflamed i had severe tendonitis in both my hands and arms all the way up to my neck um got to the point where i couldn't even wipe myself without pain couldn't speak with my hands i still can't sleep on my sides i haven't for years and all chronic pain 24 7 and here I am, I'm like 22, I just started my life, and also I'm making all this money, I have all this great career prospects, and suddenly I'm completely disabled. I mean, the California court rated me at about a 40% disability, which makes sense, it's your upper extremities. Mm -hmm. So for people listening, what job do you know of that you don't have to use your hands for eight hours a day, five days a week? You can only mention a handful. Mm -hmm. uh, actor, speaker, broadcaster, translator maybe? Um, you know, right? Like voiceover actor, right? Like these kind of things. And so this is a hand-based world. And so in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I'm fucked. Like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life now? And so to be hit with that, um, 
and thinking maybe it was going to go away at some point or get better, which by the way, it got better. I, I live not in chronic pain anymore, but I, you know, still can't do the thing because it's a repetitive strain injury. So it's no different than like the pitcher being out for a season because mm-hmm. he's got tendonitis and then he goes back in and it happens again. You know, there you are. So this was like a very scary place to be. And then, uh, so I pursued a life of like, okay, well, I've got to use my voice now. And obviously that worked out based on the fact that we're talking right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that Same. Out to time. Uh, and then along that way, too many years later, I got hit with hypothyroidism. And these two things, I always say, were the worst fucking things that ever happened to me in my life, but they also were the best things that ever fucking happened to me. Mm-hmm. The gifts that I received from both of them and how both of them linked and helped one another for me to be able to live my dream job. Because, see, before I became an attorney, I always wanted to, like, be an actor, a performer, or, like, creative. And I always thought that's unrealistic. No one can make money at that. Fuck that. I'll be a lawyer. And then the universe cut the golden handcuffs literally and figuratively off my wrists. And we're like, no, you don't even have a choice but to pursue it. You know? And so uh, it was a really interesting place to be at 22. Uh, I was... Lots goes along with any kind of physical health element and same with thyroid. So anyway, both of these things, I wrote a best-selling book based on my second health problem with thyroid hypothyroidism, and I am a patient advocate like you are. Mm -hmm. And then I also am able to help people as well on the subject of shame or anyone who has that about a disability or anything else. But really that piece of my physical arm disability comes into play in my second book confident as fuck because i carried such shame and just horrified by this for so long in my life and it the shame was more disabling than the disability Mm -hmm. and so that really kind of finally figuring out that last piece was me becoming finally confident as fuck like i was confident in all the areas of my life but some other areas i wasn't because of this thing you know so both things gave me incredible empathy for people who are suffering from an unseen illness like hypothyroidism or right some other sort of unseen thing and also you can't see that i have a hand problem you know um and so that's an interesting place to be too because people don't believe you Mm -hmm. yeah and what i said earlier like when i just hit record it's so hard to find somebody i mean you can tell somebody your story all day long But to find somebody that has literally been in the trenches, the same with me. I was supposed to be blind and paralyzed. So the only thing I had left was my voice to make money. So I just hit record and I just figured it all out. Now my entire career is surrounding podcasting and development and writing and producing because I was misdiagnosed. But no one understands, not even the tight circle around you, the trauma, what goes through your head, like your everyday thoughts, your thoughts that you have like every single minute when you go through something so traumatic like that, but then on the flip side that you and I have both also had is, okay, we got to this place because that happened, but now it's like we've grown so much as a human and our businesses have grown and that was not our plan. I was in luxury travel for years. I was a pro makeup artist for years. I traveled the world. I thought I was still going to be living my best life in Las Vegas on the strip, like greeting private jets and, you know, creating these experiences. And that all came to a halt. (laughs) And I was like, now what do I do? And at the end of the day, all we had was our voice. And then it led us to these like beautiful careers that we have now, which is also helping other people by writing content, by filming content, you know, recording amazing shows and bringing on guests. Because I think that I, well, I know for a fact that during the pandemic, people really understood and like it really opened their eyes. Like, 
wow, life is really short and everybody has a story. And I feel like with podcasting, it's the best platform video as well, but to showcase that and people don't understand like the tiniest thing that like you and I both would go through on like a random day would never cross somebody's mind, like how difficult it was, you know, just for you to like try to move your hand and for me to like try to get up, you know, like it's, it comes down to like just being grateful and waking up and knowing that like, okay, one, I just woke up. That's a bonus. Two, I can slowly incorporate like a few more things into my everyday. But then sometimes after that, you're exhausted, wiped out and you're done for the day. So, I I mean, I know what it's, I know, you know, this is true. I know what it's like to just can't wait for the day to be over so you can go to bed so you don't have to be in the body you're in. Mm -hmm. It's a very depressing thing, you know? And that struggle, uh, I would say that the most traumatizing thing about both health situations, (laughs) well, the first one, the most traumatizing thing was battling an insurance company Mm -hmm. for 20 years. That's a long time. Um, proving my disability, having to always prove, having them try to cheat me and defraud me out of a contract because no one's for their team. So they yeah. have to be like my own lawyer and being intentionally inflicted with emotional distress and all sorts of other things, bad faith, breach of contract. You know, it's, it's, they're just hoping you're going to run out of money and you're going to f- like everyone else get exhausted and just go fuck it. And I didn't. And so I prevailed. But that to me was, it's, it's ultra traumatizing. And on the second run with hypothyroidism, the ultra traumatizing thing for me was there were no doctors that knew what they were talking about. That's mm-hmm. why the best-selling thyroid books are written by patients, including myself. And thank God I finally found a doctor who knows what's up and he's on my book. But at the end of the day, that was really, really awful. So being like harassed and like intentionally afflicted with emotional stress by for the arm hand thing and then on the other hand no one listening to me no one helping me and me having to go do it myself in both scenarios I kind of had to do it myself that's really the truth about these situations yeah both of these situations so whether it's like disability fighting with insurance companies or whether it's dealing with doctors and trying to solve your own ailment I solved my thyroid problem by myself I actually had to order thyroid hormones on the internet like black market shit and do it myself (laughs) because nobody could do it so I shouldn't have had to do that no but you have to take your health in your own hands and you know when you've preached you also have to take the back end of these things into your own hands Mm -hmm. when it comes to you can't just rely on an attorney I, I used to hire attorneys to help me fight the insurance company for my hand disability but the thing is is that they would make mistakes Mm -hmm. and again this goes down to the thyroid thing too it's everything no one gives a shit about you more than you do Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I remember hiring them and being like I can write better letters than this like they don't know what the fuck they're doing so I ended up becoming like my own attorney and yeah what happened was is I ended up calling a few attorneys to have some consultations and while I was talking to them one attorney goes Oh my God, if you're ever in Orange County, we would love to meet you. We oh have my never God. met anyone who has successfully <laughs> on their own fought and, and prevailed over all of these years. They were like, we just want to meet you if you want to come in here. And I was like, oh my God, but that really speaks, right, to how much you have to do if you want to help yourself. Yourself. And I remember we talked about this when you interviewed me on your show about how I represented myself in all these cases. And then in the middle of the pandemic, I ended up closing it. But I had the top litigating attorneys calling me like, how did you do this? 
Right. I'm sorry. Like, do you think this is, information is for free? You weren't there when I called you with over a hundred other practicing firms to help me, and now you want to know how I just performed a miracle uh, yet again? Like, fuck you. you. Know, <laughs> this is one that I heard. This is one I heard from a couple attorneys. They weren't aggressive enough. They were almost scared. I know they were. The company. And yeah. I was like, why are you afraid? Like, I'm. They're like, you know, be careful. I'm like, what do you thought? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. And. I literally bullied back my insurance company, have no fucking shame about it. You mm-hmm. should just see the letters I wrote them. And you know what? They <laughs> shut the fuck up. We should publish a <laughs> so book just really with the letters that we both did. It's really, it's really interesting that all these attorneys are like, I don't know. You know, you don't want to upset them. And I'm like, oh, really? Well, and, you know, so what I did, um, and I'll just tell everyone uh, a couple of times this has happened, and I'll keep doing it if it happens again, but... When they try to like mess with me, mm-hmm. I not only send them like twenty pages worth of arguments I've already sent them many times in the past, the same arguments over and over again because they always pull the same trick. So you just kind oh of yeah, I did the same. I'm gonna try them, and so I would just like redate that letter, mm-hmm. and then I literally would be like, "Would you like me to do a podcast, a series of podcasts about your company and mm-hmm. what you're pulling? Like, just Google me. You're I did with the wrong claimant. <laughs> like, go find someone else who doesn't give a shit." Because I'm going to be out and loud about it. And then it's very interesting. Right after that happens, suddenly, like, you know, the settlement department calls. Yeah. It's so <laughs> crazy. Know, so it's just very interesting. So sometimes you don't need an attorney. I'm not saying you shouldn't get one, of course. But I felt confident in myself enough after going through a couple of attorneys and really learning and understanding the law and my po- reading my policy. And just mm-hmm. going, no, I'm going to fight this in all the ways that I can. And I prevailed. And actually, an attorney did tell me at one point before I did this on my own. They're like, you know what? I think you can do it. <laughs> They're like, we. I think you can do this by yourself. And going back to the point where you said, like, excuse my French, but, like, they're such, like, pussies. They're, like, afraid of the medical aspect of it where with us, we did such a good job on our own. And it's just, like, entrepreneurship. Like, you have the passion. You have the grit. It's literally, like, life or death. And you just go hard. And they're just, like, it's just another document I have to write. You're not going to fucking win my case this way. Like, that's why it, it makes so much more sense to go that route if, you know, at the end of the day, like, you need to. But you also have to make sure that you're checking spelling, you're checking clerical errors, because they don't, I feel like when it comes to the health aspect, if it's, like, a a divorce and medical, it's two totally different fields. When it comes to your life and your health, I don't feel, and I know this because I've spoken to over 100 attorneys, they don't have it in them to go hard to really get the job done the way that it should be. Like, I've seen cases closed, I've seen settlements, but I feel like they could be a lot more based on the facts of what's going to happen down the road with the rest of their life because they didn't go hard like they should. Like, they didn't have it yeah, in them. They're, they're, they're afraid. Not, yeah, it's 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 almost like no one's going to want to solve the murder of your relative more than you. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. I mean? <laughs> like, it's just, and, and essentially, uh, and w- one of the things that was interesting that I did Um, and again, you know, this is where maybe that legal desire, I got to kind of be one (laughs) a little bit. Well, I remember one thing that I pulled that I thought was awesome. They, they try to against my policy, but they try to pull anything that they can do. You know, they're hoping you'd just be like, okay. So they tried to be like, well, the dictionary of occupational titles doesn't mention anything about using a keyboard or a computer in your job. Like, of course it's just, it's. It's inherently, like, assumed, but my job has nothing to do with the, you know, Department of Government's 
job descriptions. So they sent me this job description and I was like, well, uh, I mean, I can just fight it on logic, but I'm going to take it a step further. I ended up sending, I, I posed and pretended to be a graduate student doing a survey of like ergonomics on the job. And what I did is I sent the same exact form that the insurance company initially sent to my company to go, what are her physical requirements? You know, she has to use her right and left hand yeah. hours a day to determine the disability. And so I used the same questionnaire. Uh, but of course put it on like, you know, not their letterhead or anything, but just made up this form. And then I literally went and sent it to like over 50 recruiters at big recruiting companies in major cities, including the city where the insurance company was based and like all over the country. And I got them all back and they were all from people who had the job that I have. And all of them said and checked the things the same way, eight hours a day, repetitive hand use eight hours you know and so I was like like here you go and you know they had nothing to say to that they shut up so you know I went and did my own thing there you know and everyone was really happy to oblige to that and sign it because I was like hey I'm just doing a study on ergonomics like just wondering like what your physical requirements uh, job is of a recruiter and they were like oh sure no problem filled it out emailed it back and then I sent them all the evidence it's like reverse engineering the process. There's so many times I had to do that as well, which is really the at the end of the you're day, kind like of kind of playing investigator, yeah, you're playing detective. You're playing like prosecutor. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's a pain in the ass. But you know, and it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of energy, and it becomes can become a full time job. And I really understand and empathize with that because I dealt with it for so many so many years, and. You know, it's it's demoralizing, too, because you know you have the thing and someone's trying to say that you don't, even after 20 years of proving it or 10 different hand surgeons. Are, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? And that's a long, uh, much longer time than my situation. But I feel like um, I don't I don't know. Like, I just feel like there's so much more that needs to be done. Patient advocacy side, but also on the legal side and. You know, I know, you know, and, and you gotta stand up for yourself. You just have to oh, be absolutely. aggressive. And, um, because here's the thing, a lot of times when they send someone's trouble, they're just kind of like, you know, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like with me. Yeah. Right? Ah, we keep trying, but you know what? She's good. We'll just let it go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's how you prevail. Exactly. You just don't let it go. Now let's kind of pivot to the mental work that has to be done. When you are in the thick of something going on health-related with you, I read in an article that you were featured in about how you have to be your biggest cheerleader and how you do have to do the mental work, but what exactly did you do when you were in your darkest times to make sure that, I'm sure this is where all your manifesting came in because it did with me, what are some of the things that you did to help your mind, your body, your spirit to like get you to the next day where when you were like in the thick of it, like, how is this my life now? I was just living my best one. And now I'm like, shit, (laughs) what are some of the things that you would do? Yeah. So like 20 years ago when I, before hypothyroidism, I had just gotten the hand issue. And at that time there was like, there's no podcast. There's no, there's no internet. Like there's nothing. Right. So the only thing that was out there that I could find and I ended up interviewing him later on, and I teared up while I was interviewing him. And I'll probably choke up talking about it. So Dr. Andrew Weil, we all know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the Santa Claus-looking dude. He had, <laughs> you know, his first, like, CD that came out, like, you know, Eight Weeks to Optimum Health or whatever it was. And there I remember was, like, that. And a CD at the time with, like, guided meditations or, like, you know. And it was the first time I felt, like, hope that maybe 
you know, because I obviously had an inflammation issue with my arms. And so, you know, he, he was talking about fish oil and stuff back then. No one knew what the fuck, you know, and there was no thing as paleo. Or, you know, no yeah, anything, but, that word didn't even exist so that yet. Was the only alternative <laughs> thing. Now, I didn't know about, an, you know, manifestation or intention or anything like that. But it was that was sort of the first thing of like somebody out there thinks maybe it's possible I can heal. Mm hmm. And I told him that, like, that that was the first glimmer of hope. And then later on, many, many years later, I suffered with hypothyroidism. And the first bout of it, I still hadn't really understood, you know, what intention or anything that. But I did learn it between the first bout and the second bout of hypothyroidism at two in, in, in 10 years. And on the second bout, that's when I went right to all the stuff I knew, where I was like, nope, guided meditations on healing, <laughs> you know, like thoughts like affirmations staying away from negative stuff only watching comedy you mm -hmm. know, only watching healing stories of people who healed only you know speaking with other fellow patients on forums and and filling my mind with that stuff because i knew the power of that then um whereas before maybe it was an accident all those years prior with An the andrew Weil cd you mm -hmm. know what i mean I'm taking so something. Anyway, now I do have it. Actually, by the way, it's free for everybody. If you go to my website, free stuff tab, or anywhere on Instagram on my link tree, if you connect, I have a free audiobook of guided meditations. And the two guided meditations are one's on healing and one is on um, money. And then there's two affirmation tracks and one's on confidence and one's on money. But the guided healing meditation, I don't know, for me, that 20, 25 minutes of listening to someone sort of guide me in that way was so helpful and so I was like well I want to make that for other people too mm -hmm. I love that and all that will be in the show notes so that everybody can go check it out do you ever do sound bath oh you know that's such a big thing where I live too there's so much sound healing and sound healing ceremonies I have done it before but it's not something I regularly engage in um other things that I would used to do, like with my arms, when I, when I could afford it back then, you know, uh, at the time I got tons of massages. I know that's not possible for people. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, that is like so healing to me mm -hmm. in so many ways. Uh, sauna or steam. There were times when I was really sick and stuff and I, I didn't have the energy or anything to work out with the hypothyroidism. So sometimes all I could do was just like go to the gym and sit in the steam room. You know what I mean? And just, like, feel like I did something and got a sweat. You know what I mean? And it was just, you got to do what you can do. You yeah. Know? Sometimes if you can only walk to the mailbox, that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. I was saying that on a YouTube channel I was interviewed on the other day. It just came out. And if you can wake up and make your bed and make your iced coffee, sometimes those two things were the only things I can handle in one day. I'm good. And I'll go right back to bed. Um, for me, sound healing was my go-to. Have you heard of the Copper Vessel? No. She was right by you. Her name's Susie. Um, she just moved a little bit more north. But I don't even know. Oh, I ended up finding her on the Aloe app through a client because I was producing a show. And she was talking about her. And I'm like, what is a sound bath? And then I just started doing them. And I sleep to them. So I have different tracks that are about eight hours, six to eight hours, and I sleep with them on. So that's like my go-to. But now I am obsessed with the sauna. I literally just joined a new gym just for the sauna. I walk the beach all the time. Yep. I run in and out and I go to the sauna. So I was filming a series for TikTok um, last week. Or, no, it started like two or three weeks ago. And it was seven straight days of sweating in the sauna to improve my mental health. And it fucking works. Like, 
it has improved my mental health. Like January was so intense for me. I don't know. And a lot of other people felt it too. But for me, I was just like, um, this is a brand new year. This is like my year, you know, like all the feels in the beginning of January. And then like somehow like mid January, I was just like depressed again. I'm like, why is this happening? So I'm like, I need to take matters into my own hands yet once again. And so I was like, I need the sauna. I need to sweat in that damn sauna. And I feel incredible. And I think it, I think it is week three. I think this is week three. Well, what yeah, a difference. I so much. I have to rejoin my gym after everything that's happened. But the sauna, dry sauna is excellent. And sometimes you have to like, sometimes people get in there and they, they're like, oh, you know what? It's, I'm not like sweating. Sometimes you have to literally wait five to seven minutes to, for actually it to start. But oh, yeah. You can build up to time in there as well. And if you can get up to 20 minutes, you know, it's really great. I did it for mercury detox, heavy metals. And, um, of course, I took some. I took some supplements for yeah. that as well, but the sauna is incredibly helpful. Yeah. And what is that sauna? Um, it's definitely a pretty penny, but you sit in it and you zip yourself up. It's all white that a lot of people have at their homes. It's a there's different so sauna. Many of them. I mean, there's like sunlight and sunbeam. I yeah. Forget. There's also little mini steam room things and stuff on Amazon you get for like 200 bucks and you like zip it up and you put the steam in there. Yeah. And I'm not sure, like, people have said, oh, well, the EMFs on those things aren't as good, like, this mm. versus, like, your rather regular infrared sauna. Um, but there are single-use, like, home units that are really amazing. I mean, yeah, and if you have the space for it and can afford it, do it. Yeah, what a difference, the sauna. I don't even know, like, how I lived without it. I'm so obsessed. And today, I weighed myself. I'm like, I'm down 10 pounds, and all I'm doing is walking the beach and sweating in the damn sauna. And I'll answer a few emails. I was in the beginning, and then I'm like, this is my silence time. So I leave my phone out. I keep my water bottle so I don't, like, dehydrate myself. But I am obsessed, and it's made such a big difference, especially with my productivity level. I'm huge on that, which is why I love my AM and PM routines. But you just get like that extra boost of energy once you sweat, you know, your endorphins and all of that. And I'm, I'm just like completely obsessed. What are some of your favorite routines that you do or your go-tos like in the morning and at night? Cause I know you have a lot on your plate and you do a lot of things like me. So what keeps you focused and then what like sets you up for a successful day? Uh, I would say that I like to have a morning. So I never just get up and then like get to life mm-hmm. ever i'm chilling i take a couple hours i hang out have my coffee maybe i'll read maybe i'll watch a little news maybe i'll you know but it, right when i wake up i'm chilling i sometimes will put on the youtube like fire crackling in a cozy cabin you know kind oh of vibe <laughs> i love that myself for a few minutes and yeah then, and then i'll get going and then also i do like to exercise in the earlier part of the day if mm-hmm. possible so i'm very lucky i live in a beautiful place in southern california so yeah I'm you do the there. hikes you do all those beautiful yeah, hikes. Like constantly. Uh, you can list hundreds of thousands of photos of mountains on my <laughs> Instagram. Uh, I love it. So I, for me, nature is extremely important. Not only is it healing, but there are actual benefits to your immune system and everything else by being out in nature and getting out in trees and forests and all of that stuff. So I believe just mental health, and that's my go-to, mm-hmm. you know, is literally I would rather just walk out my door and stare at the mountainside for a second. That's the way I can clear my head. Um, so yeah, being in nature and if you can't be in nature cause you live in a city, then watch it on YouTube. There's so many great, like eight hours of this beach in California or, you know what I mean? And again, those sounds are so soothing. So oh yeah. Working, I'll have ocean sounds on in the background, you know, and, um, taking time, but I do actually really focus on sleep and I also do have a lot of downtime. 
I am not busy 24-7. I will not do that. That's what got me injured in the first place mm-hmm. <laughs> with my arms because I worked, so I could type so fast and I could work a million miles an hour just as fast as we talk. And so um, if anything, it's taught me and forced me to like slow down. So important. I've realized that now, like, especially sitting in silence. Now let's pivot into podcasting. You have been podcasting for several years and every now and then you get an interview and it's just not, just not a good one. (laughs) And all of my clients ask me this because I'm developing and producing their shows. They're like, oh my God, this interview, it was like pulling teeth. We clearly don't have that problem. But sometimes you get that show and you're and it's just dragging on or the content or the focus or the energy like it just wasn't there. So what do you say to that guest who is following up like when's my show going to air? When's this going to happen? Like, do you have any advice for some fellow podcasters? Because I know what I say. What do you say? I have a, okay, so I have a lot of thoughts on this. So I've done over like hundreds and hundreds of episodes over seven years. So I have had some bummers. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not on my new show, uh, but, you know, I was hosting someone else's show for a long time and we had mm-hmm. lots of different guests. And um, anyway, uh, okay, a couple things. First of all, twice it has happened where I literally suggested to the person afterwards, I said, you know what? I think we need to re-record this, and I'm sorry to suggest that. I just don't think it's that good. Mm-hmm. I think it could be better, but I always tell them why and how I think it could be better because that's stupid to suggest that without having concrete you know, criticisms, right? Exactly. Both times they were like, I agree, thanks, no problem. And I was, okay, so I saved those two. Then there were just some that were boring and whatever. Uh, well, here's what I have to say for podcasters out there. Just kind of expect it, um, unless you know, you may or may not know, even someone who may seem exciting and riveting on social media may not be, uh, on an interview, and it's your job. It's your job to carry the interview, to fill the spaces, to ask interesting questions, to spice it up. But I got to tell you, I, I interviewed one guy one time. He didn't get any jokes. They went all over his head. Oh, my he God. Put me to sleep. He put me to sleep, but also I'm not surprised because I spoke at a thing and he was there and he put the fucking audience to sleep before I had to go up and speak and I had to go wake him up. Oh my God. "Ah." But you know what? He's got good information, but you know, eh, okay. (laughs) Not the best, uh, so dud. And sometimes you get a couple of those, but you know, hopefully you can screen these, you know, screen your gas to make sure that it's exciting. But yes, uh, even it happened to me recently where there's a bad connection and, I'm not so happy with the interview. I was thinking I was going to get way more from this this guest, and I didn't. But, mm. you know, that's when you, like, call the editor, and you're like, ah, shit, clean this thing up, take out the dead spaces, yeah. right? <laughs> Make it better as best as we can. And so sometimes the editor's really great help with that. Oh, yeah. I believe that 100%. And it is so hard. But, like, you know, in the beginning, I would never when I had guests on the beginning of my show, I would never talk to them beforehand. And that's when I learned my lesson. So now I'm always voice messaging, just like how you and I did. I'm like, oh, hi, thank you for coming into my inbox on Instagram. And I always love using my voice so that you can hear, you know, we both drop the F-bomb. We like sometimes people don't want to hear a potty mouth. Well, there's a big E on my show for a reason. Like, so if that offends you, maybe this isn't the best show for you. But if somebody's going to pitch me or vice versa, like I need them to understand, like, this is me. Like, this is what you're going to get. This is my personality. I have a million things on my plate. I enjoy entrepreneurship. Like, what part do you want to hear about most? You know, and sometimes you do have those awful conversations. I should say awful, but... Actually, actually, I have one on the other side. This is a good one. This is a great 
example of confidence and standing your ground. There was a well-known, a person with a well-known podcast, they wanted to have me on. So we're like, get on the Zoom recording or whatever. It's not video or anything. But like, right when we get on the phone, I hear them yelling at their assistants and stuff. And oh my like, God. I've gone through so many assistants. In the, and so I'm like already going, oh boy, this person's not, you know, this is problematic. <laughs> and then, um, so we're going to be talking about my thyroid book. And, you know, on the title of my book, mm-hmm. it says, stop feeling fat, foggy, and fatigued at the hands of uninformed doctors. Reclaim your health, right? Mm-hmm. So I mentioned something about how most endocrinologists are uninformed. This is before we start recording. She goes, oh, no, no, no. You can't say that. You can't say that. And I'm like yelling at me. And I go, whoa, 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 hold oh on. Oh, my God. Say, I have too many endocrinologist friends that listen to this probably like, I can't, you cannot say, first of all, it's true. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so, I, so I said to her, I go, I got you. I got you. I'm a pro at this. I'll leave it out. I know what you want. And she kept going on to it like, because I just, I mean, I can't, you know, and she just was like in a tizzy about it. Now, I could have just let this go and not, and been like, okay, I guess we don't. But I was like, oh no, this bitch is going to fucking record me. We're doing this episode. She's not getting out of this, right? So, I mean, literally, I kind of had to bully her out of her own bullshit. And I just said, listen, listen, I'm a fucking pro at this. I get what you want. I get it. I'm not going to say anything. Just press record. We're losing time. But I can't, I get it. I gotcha. <laughs> just press record. But, I mean, like that. Oh my and God. She did. And then it was really funny. She tried to test me on the podcast and she asked me a question about like reverse T3, whatever. I know all of this stuff. So like, I want to, you know, and, and I answered it and she goes, Oh my God, that's it. That's exactly right. Like as if she was so surprised. And then afterwards she was so effusive about how great it was. Now here's the thing. When that happened in the beginning, most people would have been like, ah, right? They're kind of like being, you're she's like kind of bullying me. I was right? just going to so say that, yeah. You could you could have chosen to back down and go, oh, fuck out. Okay, well, all right, sorry. And just what, click? And then that's the left lasting impression. And then also you don't get that audience that they have because it was a pretty big show, right? And, you know, I was like, no, 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 no. You, this is, you're not bullying me out of this interview for your bullshit attitude that you have mm-hmm. for a dumb thing, for something I said that was true. And so, you know, that, that's another, that was, that was very strange. That's rarely (laughs) where I'm like, yeah. So that was kind of like, left me a bad taste in my mouth about that podcaster, but you know what? It was a great episode and she was great on the, the the podcast and uh, it worked out really well. And I'm glad that I fought my way to it. That's so important. And I always listen to my gut in situations like that, but like the red flag with the attitude and the yelling, like, Oh, Oh, and by the way, that reputation like it's gotten worse like yeah disaster but oh well you know she still has an audience that's fine you know great it look it, you know if people can hear me and they can be helped by that fantastic then I don't care who's interviewing me really mm. right but that was a tough one left a bad taste in my mouth and from that day on I was like mm-hmm, her yep mental note to self nope <laughs> oh my god I can't even <laughs> I have worked, I think I told you a few of these stories, for a number of high-profile individuals as their assistant, and I know exactly how that feels being on the other end, but also, as that was my job, that mic would not have even been on yet, because (laughs) I would have been fired within, like, 10 seconds. It's so great. That whole world is just out of control. Like, I could have literally written a book about that. I remember, too, when I had those jobs, they were trying to film reality shows with mm-hmm. personal assistants. I'm like, I had to sign an NDA from 10 years after I resigned, I could say the name. How is this even going to be allowed in Hollywood? Like, 
no, there's going to be NDAs everywhere. Like, how are you filming personal assistants in homes of people that you can't see? Like, no one's going to watch. Never was going to know. No one's going to watch. Yeah. And now they're all on TikTok. They won't say who they work for or what, but they have these insane followings. And I'm like, this is so crazy. This is like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And now they're showcasing that journey on TikTok, which is just like so crazy. And every time I see one of those videos, I have to watch it because I'm like, I'm so grateful that that led me here. <laughs> Among well, other also, stories. People, if they truly are assistants to important people, then they're, so, they're going to lose their job because someone's going to find that. Oh, absolutely. That and whether they're saying their name or not, they're ripping on the person. So good job, dumbass. <laughs> I know. A lot of them are nannies, <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> With the um the nanny a lot I feel like I've seen more nannies than personal assistants and they'll show the back of the child's head. I'm like, that's just enough for like an emblem of a school. I'm like, do you want yep. to be sued? Like yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. So as my brand in this show is called Everything is Messy, life is messy. We like to do our own thing every day and just do what feels good. What are some of the things in your world, maybe personally or professionally, that you're working on to improve yourself, to be better, maybe personally or professionally? What are some things that you're currently working on? Well, I have a book that has been completed yes. with uh, my doctor. <laughs> and all that is left is really like editing it, you know, that, that process. So the meat of the stuff is there. So mm -hmm. that's kind of a big project. So I'll always be publishing more books. I have more books in the works. But right at this moment as we're speaking, I am recording and developing automated courses. So I'll have a confidence course and an automated paleothyroid solution course so that you can get all that stuff there and not have to coach with me one-on-one, -on -one, you know, for it mm -hmm. and have all of it right there and um, go through your own self-guided course. So those are the things I'm working on. And, you know, that's expanding business, but also learning about new technology and how to roll things out. So, yeah, definitely being challenged in that arena. And then, of course, I started, I was podcasting for seven years for Mark Sisson and his podcast, The Primal Blueprint. And then I created my own show this September uh, called The L Rush Show. And so, you know, we're about 24 episodes in. You'll be one of them. And uh, so that's a lot of fun, too. And that was, uh, a, you know, new project, new challenge that was uh, executed. And that's been great. I am just so grateful for your time that you took a little bit out of your day to talk to me. I really appreciate it. But also for taking what was a negative experience at one point in your life and turning it into a positive one to impact and help more patients and more business owners, entrepreneurs. I'm losing my voice. I don't know why. And just overall humans, because there's so many people that have gone through trauma and health-related issues, and they don't come out like we do, and they don't create a positive change that will honestly help others. You didn't have to do this. You didn't have to choose to... I want to take what just happened to me and turn it into a book and impact more and just bring in more positivity into the world, but help other people at the same time. So I just wanted to thank you for that because there's not a lot of people that think that way and then actually continue to do it in their career. And I think that's really important to showcase on you right now because you didn't have to do that. And I just think it's amazing all the work that you're doing and everything that you continuously do. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It's, you know what, it's so much fun. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, I, I hope other people get to turn their, you know, their, the best gifts in life come wrapped in shit. Just remember that. I know. And I feel like once you get to the point where both of us have, where you can fucking laugh about it, you're good. Like, let's help yeah. more. <laughs> There's a lot of humor.
somewhere along the way, you're like, oh, that was a good one. I know. Oh, my God. Thanks so and much for having me. appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And you guys, to check out Elle, everything will be in the show notes, everything she has coming out. Go read her latest posts. Go follow her on Instagram and make sure you check out her new courses. Thanks again, Elle. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning in to Kellyanne Cares, a one-of-a-kind show created to motivate, stimulate, educate, and inspire you. And I hope that happened for you today. As I mentioned in the intro, I would love your feedback on today's episode. Head to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app to leave a review for the show. I would truly appreciate it. For more information on myself, the show, my book, and the programs, products, and services I've created, visit KellyanneGorman.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter, join the podcast community, and check out the brands I'm currently loving. Let's continue today's conversation. You can connect with me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Kellyanne Gorman Official. All my other social handles will be available for you in the show notes. If you have a product, brand, story, or service you would like to share on the show, send me a message on KellyanneGorman.com today. As always, thanks for listening, sharing, and reviewing. I wouldn't be here without you, and I'm so grateful I get to do what I love each and every day. Wishing you a happy, healthy, positive, and productive day, and I'll talk to you again soon.